welcome to Mother of Dogs, the podcast for pet lovers who want to live their best life alongside their fur babies. I'm Tina, dog mom to Winnie and Chloe, my two French bulldogs who bring fun and chaos wherever they go. If you want to hear stories from modern pet parents about how they navigate life and business with their furry friend, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to a special mini solo episode of Mother of Dogs. I'm your host, Tina. This episode is a little later than expected. The past few weeks have been very hectic with my day job, travel to Denver for the Psychedelic Science Conference, where I was also able to catch up with dear friends. I had an autoimmune flare-up that led to some increased endometriosis pain, and of course, taking care of Winnie and Chloe. I'm still trying to get a hang of all things podcasting. I want to say thank you for listening and for all the feedback and support I have received so far. I really appreciate it. I've loved doing these interviews and have some very exciting ones coming up. Every interview has been with someone that has made my partner, Brian, and I's journey and life with Winnie and Chloe more special. In episode one, I interviewed pet photographer and founder of Bowie Shoots, Andrea Castanon. She has captured Winnie and Chloe's essence and priceless photos that we will cherish forever. In episode two, I interviewed Sonali Nagam, founder of Pet Minded. Her community of resources has deepened our relationship and bond with Winnie and Chloe by teaching us how to understand their needs, behavior, and communication. This deeper understanding ultimately led us to getting Chloe diagnosed with an autoimmune neurological disease that we're still trying to manage. In episode three, I interviewed Ron Holloway. He's the co-founder of Wolf Bowl the doggy food truck and community that has brought us so much joy and healing by offering unforgettable experiences. One of the visits led us to connecting with Winnie's litter mate and his human. I'm so beyond grateful that these humans are doing this work, and I'm super excited to keep sharing with you the amazing humans and pets that make this special time in our lives more meaningful. I thought this episode would be a great opportunity to share some reflections about Chloe's upcoming birthday how Winnie and Chloe have changed my life, and a little review of a book called Good Grief on Loving Pets Here and Hereafter by E.B. Bartels. So Chloe is my little girl French bulldog. She came to us when she was three months old and gave us a run for our money immediately. She has so much personality. She's regal, playful, incredibly athletic for a French bulldog, and the most loving and intuitive puppy. She wants to be cuddled next to a human at all times and can always detect when I'm in physical or emotional pain. She'll come super close to me, make eye contact however she can to let me know she's with me, and then she'll plop down into my lap. She has taught me how powerful just being present with someone can be. Chloe has been uh, a teacher since the day she came to us. Her third birthday is coming up and a lot of emotions come up for me. Last year at this time, I was preparing for her Cosmic Cowgirl second birthday party. The year before that, she had a hot girl summer first birthday party. And these parties have been full of love with our friends and their fur babies celebrating her. This year is different though. So Chloe can't have the same kind of birthday parties anymore. I spoke briefly about this in episode two with Sonali, founder of Pet Minded, that my partner Brian and I started noticing some scooting and rocking very randomly. We weren't sure what it was, but we took her to a vet, which said she looked normal and everything was fine. We got a second opinion at another vet and more testing done, but tests came back normal again. 
So at this point, I started paying closer attention and realized some signs of distress that I learned in the pet-minded course. I started to lose sleep because I felt like something was wrong, but everything kept coming back normal, and the episodes were so random. They didn't occur during her vet, her vet visits. So I started to think about what was happening and felt like it could be neurological with the rocking of her head. So we decided to take um, or make an appointment with a neurologist that Winnie had already seen for his IVDD. Her physical exam was unremarkable, but Brian recorded her uh, episodes on his phone and had the video to show the doctor. So after the doctor reviewed the video, she recommended an MRI and spinal tap. And this is when they discovered brain inflammation and further testing revealed her neurological autoimmune disease. We were devastated. Our lively girl just turned two years old. We weren't given a prognosis, but we were told that a third of dogs do not make it. A third of dogs will need to be medicated for the rest of their lives. And a third of dogs can go into remission without medication. Obviously, we were hoping for the best, but it was a wait and see situation. We needed to see how she responded to the meds. If she responded quickly, then her prognosis was better than not. So those days were really hard. I leaned heavily on my dog community and all of the people who personally know and love Chloe so much. And as soon as I would share the news with someone, they would reassure me that Chloe was a fighter. And if anyone could get through this, it would be her. I'm so beyond grateful for those that held space for us and reminded me how impactful Chloe's spirit has been, not only to us, but to her community. So she's had a hell of a year, and the medications have kept her alive, but they've also brought their own side effects. And no matter how careful you are, zero exposure to dogs besides Winnie, being an immune compromised or suppressed dog is, is rough and secondary infections arise. Despite all of the physical challenges Chloe has experienced this year, nothing can break her spirit. She's still the happiest, sweetest, and most loving little girl. She has taught us how to live big, even in the discomfort. We realize how precious each moment with her or any loved one is. Priorities have shifted. And in a way, it has brought us so much clarity and purpose to our lives. I also want to take a moment to recognize the amazing doctors and medical teams at Central Texas Veterinary Specialty and Emergency Hospital. Without them, we would not have had this year with Chloe. Thank you for loving her and supporting our family through this time. So Chloe's still working through some lingering infections and we're closely working with doctors to figure out the least amount of meds needed to be in remission. So I'll continue to keep you posted on our journey together. Uh, so this year, Chloe, for Chloe's third birthday, she has been uh, she was able to celebrate a little early with her favorite humor, humans at Central Texas Veterinary Specialty and Emergency Hospital, where they showered her with love. And although we can't have a big party, we will be celebrating big at home with our special girl and Winnie. So. I know celebrating a dog's birthday can sound a bit extra, and I'm okay with that. In, in episode two, Sonali and I talked a little about relationships with dogs, and I think this is true for any being. There are different layers of depth in relationships, and that holds true for me and Winnie, with Winnie and Chloe. The past three plus years with Winnie and Chloe have completely redirected mine and Brian's life. Brian and I 
had already been together for roughly 14 years when Winnie and Chloe came along. So we had been there for each other as we pursued various degrees, survived long distance, endured several moves, and traveled the world together. And although I have had Brian's endless support and we had an incredibly full life together, I was still very much struggling internally. I was struggling with past trauma and heartache, and although I was living and trying to create this beautiful new life for myself, I didn't grow up in an environment like that, and I never expected to come as far as I had, and I didn't know where to go from there, and I didn't know how to enjoy it. So the environment I grew up in was very hard. I was constantly reminded to toughen up. I grew up in a very religious household where everything was centered around whether a person was going to heaven or hell. Everything was good or bad. There was no gray. Premarital sex is bad, so everyone got married super young. For example, my mother's first marriage was at 16. No one was really educated. Everyone worked at the same factories lived in the same neighborhoods, went to the same church, spoke only Spanish. All of the women in my family were teenage moms. I grew up the only girl with older boy cousins already in jail, younger boy cousins and a brother. My mom was excited to have a girl, but she was told by her mom when I was a baby that she was being too sweet to me and that would make me a weak girl, so she needed to stop. My grandmother had had a hard life and was probably trying to prepare me for what I would need to to endure. If I would if I would ever say something that made me happy as a kid, my mom would immediately tell me not to say that. Happiness just didn't live in my home. My mom was fearful, depressed, and suicidal my whole life and was trapped in her own trauma. I felt like I was her keeper and responsible for her mental health because the community was so tight you could perceive that as your whole world. There were no different perspectives. When I was sexually assaulted by someone in the community, no one seemed to care or be surprised. My dad, who had once punched a man in the face for looking at my mom, continued his relationship with that other person. There's no problem. There was no safety there. As you can imagine, it was a life full of trauma and I felt desperate to leave. I got a job as soon as I was at the age I could and held multiple jobs in high school. As soon as I could move out, I did. I went to the airline academy and learned what I needed to do to work for an airline or a travel agency. I was able to support myself and through work benefits, travel the country and the world by myself. I met Brian just as I enrolled myself into college. I was still working full time and began going to school full time. Brian was a breath of fresh air. I didn't feel so alone anymore. He began traveling with me, encouraged me to pursue anything I wanted and believed in me and my potential. Although I was starting to build this new life with him, I still felt the tug and guilt from people in my previous life. I couldn't escape the realities of my family or the community I left, and I never felt good enough. There was still so much suffering, sadness, addiction, and trauma there. I wondered if I could ever move forward. I had such strong guilt. A peaceful existence seemed out of reach. In 2019, I felt raw. There were some pretty significant family events that happened in 2018 and 2019. Um, I had completed all of my schooling in 2017, which was usually my healthy distraction for or coping mechanism. I was still traveling a lot, but I felt like I was trying to escape myself and my own feelings at that point. 
all of the coping mechanisms that helped me to survive were no longer working. And I went from having nothing to lose to everything to lose. The pressure felt like it was mounting in all ways. And at that point, I had I also had no boundaries and was still allowing toxic relationships. In 2020, I hit a breaking point. Brian and I had been dreaming of French Bulldogs for the 10 years at that point. I imagined that people would talk about having kids the same way we would talk about planning to have a Frenchie in the future. But with all the school or travel, we were never at the place to commit. But in February 2020, I had the worst panic attack of my life. I was supposed to be traveling with Brian, but I told him to go without me because I just wasn't okay to travel. That night, I fainted several times on my way back from the bedroom or the bathroom to the bedroom, uh, once hitting a door. The next, I hit a floor mirror, and I can still remember the the fall feeling like slow motion and the glass shattering underneath me. I couldn't feel anything for a while. I could just hear the crunching as I moved, and I finally got myself up and made it to my bed and realized my head was bleeding. I had a gash in the back of my head, some scratches on my arm, and a very deep gash in the back of my right arm. And I found myself alone at the hospital, mending physically but emotionally in an even worse place. But I was really grateful that Brian was on the way back and would eventually be with me. A few weeks later, COVID hit and everyone was going through this collective experience. The shutdown accelerated our life plan. Travel was no longer happening, so getting a dog was finally viable. Winnie is my boy French bulldog that came to me in April 2020. I get goosebumps thinking about the first time I saw his photo. I knew he was my puppy. When I met him for the first time, I felt the happiest I had ever felt. He was perfect. Winnie bridged the gap from the life I left to the one I was building. I felt safe to love him. He made me feel worthy of love. He taught me how to receive love. He made me laugh. He gave me an excuse to play and be silly. He taught me how to love myself. He gave me the strength to put up necessary boundaries. He also helped me to finally fully receive the love that Brian was giving me throughout the years. I didn't trust any human, and although Brian was the closest person to me, I had still never felt like I could fully trust that he wouldn't abandon me or hurt me in some way. I didn't realize how numb and disassociated I had become until I started feeling so deeply again with Winnie, and everything felt brighter with this little angel around. Chloe has been the cherry on top. I know Winnie saved me, and Chloe teaches me how to live each day with spirit and fearlessness. Winnie and Chloe have given me courage and inspiration to create this podcast. They have given me a voice and presence. I have seen them go through health struggles, and they have laid next to me and been with me through my own heartbreak, surgeries, procedures, and moments of debilitating pain from endometriosis. They have nursed me through it. They have forced me to confront themes and topics I would have avoided. They have made me dive deeper into love, learn to trust, and give myself and others grace. So nowadays, I always celebrate everything big. Winnie and Chloe have given me so much, and I will cherish them every moment. (laughs) So with that being said, I think this is the perfect segue into my thoughts of the book, 
Good Grief on Loving Pets Here and Hereafter by Evie Bartels. I wasn't sure what to expect with the book, especially with the subject matter of pet loss. It is something that I can't think about. It's painful. But Evie does a great job highlighting how important and influential pets can be for people, the relationships they share, and how to honor them when they're no longer physically with us. As expected, there were times I cried, but there was humor and lightheartedness. And some of the times I did cry were more of more out of resonance and really feeling the emotional connection she would describe so beautifully. There's a reference to um, musician Fiona Apple and her canceling her South American tour years ago to be with her dying dog. Fiona wrote a letter to the fans explaining, the letter isn't in the book, but after reading that section, I looked up the letter and wow, it's, it's really moving. Some fans understood the significance and supported her, while others were dismissive and cruel in my opinion. But who determines what is worth mourning? And as we begin to follow our hearts or have values that are outside of societal norms or understanding, how do we reconcile that? Do we feel forced to explain and have to deal with searching for validation during our own time of grief, mourning, and reflection? I loved that Evie shared her own experiences with pets and pet loss throughout her life, all of the lessons she has learned, what they taught her about love and acceptance, friendship, making sense of death, and all of the different roles that pets have played for people throughout history. Evie presented a holistic and non-judgmental approach to pet loss and grief. She acknowledges that there is no one-size-fits-all to deal with grief, and her book represents a diverse group of stories of how people have found various ways to celebrate the lives of their pets and keep their memories alive. I highly recommend picking up this book and reading this whether you have a pet or not. I feel like I'm a much better person after reading it, and I'm so grateful to Evie for writing it. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter. The link is in the show notes. Here's a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast. You can be the first to know when new episodes drop. All you need to do is open your favorite listening app, search for Mother of Dogs, and hit the little plus sign or follow button in the upper right corner. I'll see you back here every other Sunday for a new episode.